Did you know there was a free five-part podcast series all about classroom management? In this series, learn how I went from using traditional classroom management strategies without a lot of success to becoming a behavior detective. Discover how I help children with root cause of their behavior issues instead of just addressing the behavior itself. If you want to take a listen to this new series, just check the show notes. You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Well, hello, hello. I am so happy you're here with me in episode two of the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. Uh, Let's talk about circle time, shall we? Uh, Do you love it or do you loathe it? Some of us have mixed feelings about circle time. And depending on how you structure your circle time, it can lead to like a great, wonderful group experience or a chaotic and frustrating episode. So let's talk about the do's and don'ts of circle time so that we can all have wonderful group experiences. Well, most of the time, I mean, honestly, we do teach preschoolers after all. So of course, there's going to be some off days. But I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes crafting the right circle time length and activities and flow is definitely challenging and sometimes is an art form. And it seems to change every single year based on my students, probably myself and the experiences that I've had as well. So trust me when I tell you, I know that this is not an easy task, getting circle time to where it is productive and is worth part of your day. So I'm hopefully helping you today by sharing some of the things I've learned throughout my years and things that I know that definitely have an impact on how circle time can be, because how we run it and how we structure it definitely makes a difference. So I have eight do's and don'ts that I wanted to run through with you to hopefully give you some tips and or just even some reminders of how we can keep our circle time engaging. So let's start with a do. Uh, Do have some consistent activities during circle time. I really like to make sure that we do some consistency because this brings children back. This gets them excited for the normal, right? This feels comfortable. And so this might look like a greeter, weather, calendar, a song, something familiar that children know and they look forward to. But I encourage you to keep it short because The next thing on the list is definitely a don't, and that's letting your circle time get stale. See, if we keep doing just the consistent activities during the whole entire circle time, it gets too mundane. And we as educators even find ourselves not wanting to go to circle time. Like, do I have to do it today? It's not even fun anymore because it's the same old, same old. So this is where I think a lot of people get uh, caught up and definitely I did too, is trying to find that balance of consistent, familiar activities and newness. I found the need for some newness in my circle time, and I also wanted to focus a little bit more on some skills in this time frame too, 
So we started putting in some circle time games. So these are whole group games that we can play that are short and sweet, but still fun and engaging that promote a skill, but also they help us in adding variety to our circle time because yes, there might be a game, but they don't know what game it is. So that makes it new and exciting. We also do some things throughout the year where I cycle through all of the children and they have a job or something they get to do with me. So for example, they might be the news reporter. And so I will do some shared writing and they are telling me what's been going on in their world. Um, I might even grab like a pretend microphone and every day a new child gets a turn being the news reporter. And so I'll say, beep, 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 this just in, news report from, and then I, I say the student's name. Then they come up and they tell us what they've been doing at home. And I dictate that on the paper. And then later we hang those on the wall as our news reports. And so I cycle through. So that might be eight days worth if I have eight children, 10 days worth if I have 10 children. But then after that cycle is done, we try something new. So that's another way to bring newness in while also bringing in, I mean, just think about that news reporter right there, just that. The skills inside of there include, obviously, um, them sharing their thoughts, right? So answering a question, being able to share their um, things that happened in their life. And then they're getting to observe me writing it and I can think aloud and talk about it as I'm writing it. Then we go back through and we reread it. We might find some, ooh, look, let's see if we can find a letter for the news reporter's name and we can go through and do that. Also, the children in the audience are practicing watching and listening, right? It's not their turn yet. So there's so many wonderful things that are going on when we do these different types of skills. And we can cycle through them and that will keep our circle time new because they never know what's coming up. But they do know we are going to be consistent and we're always going to do these things. And for me in my classroom, it's they know we're going to sing a greeting song. They know they're going to get well-wished for the day. Everybody's going to get a blessing or a wish um, with the wand over their head for to have a good day. Everyone knows that we are going to check the weather because that depends on what we do outside, right? And everyone knows that we are going to look at the calendar and see if there's anything important coming up. And on the calendar, we're going to practice one-to-one correspondence and we're going to practice patterning and we're going to do all the things But then after that, it's kind of like, hmm, what's new today? So having that balance, really creating something familiar, but also keeping it spicy and new at the same time. Okay, let's move on to the next do. And this do is create sitting choices and boundaries. Because a lot of teachers, the biggest struggle is getting our children to circle time physically and getting them to sit in a way that isn't disturbing others and them being able to learn, right? So I literally have a, had a child in the past that could not sit crisscross. He was a big, big boy. He probably will be a football player. Oh, just an amazing kid. Love, love, love him. But he could not sit crisscross to save his life. And so it just doesn't feel fair to make him sit in a way that is uncomfortable to him. So I really want you to think about how you are allowing 
or giving choices to your children when they sit on the carpet. And this really is a personal thing, right? It's totally up to you what you feel comfortable with. But for him, he would have never been able to sit crisscross. It just, his bones weren't going to allow him to do it. And really, if I was going to push that, he would be uncomfortable and hurting instead of learning. And that's really not the purpose. And so I like to give my children some sitting choices. And so I teach this to them at the beginning. And I even remind them at the beginning of most circle times, you have choices. Here are your choices. Um, For us, it is sit crisscross if you want. You can sit long sit with your legs in front of you. You can sit side sit, but I do have them sit on their bottoms because that's something I want them to practice while there's not as many kids in our class and their kindergarten class there will be, and there might be kids behind them. So I don't always like them to be up on their feet, um, but anywhere on their bottom. And then sometimes depending on the activity, they get a belly choice where they can sit on their belly. And so giving them those choices makes it easier for them to sit longer because they get to decide how they want to put their body. Also, if need be, create some physical boundaries for children who are struggling to be contained. Maybe some of our friends just need that visual of tape on the floor of, oh, this is my space and I can do with it what I wish. Um, Maybe even using a laundry basket. We've done that before because it helps it helps certain students feel that uh, safety inside of that laundry basket. But of course, there's always going to be the management of teaching and telling them that we expect that it looks this way. And so I want you to get in the habit of reminding children what your expectations are while you're at circle time, even if you feel like they should already know, because they probably should already know. But we also know the research behind how many times we have to tell something before it really, you know, sinks in and is a habit. So just know in your head that one of your jobs in circle time before you get started is to go ahead and state your expectations for circle time and that everyone's safe, right? This is why. And I'm not afraid of telling kids why we have certain rules. I think it's important for them to understand. And so I like to tell them, this is why I ask you to sit this way, because I don't want you to hurt your friend, or I do want everyone to be able to see the story, or I do want everyone to be able to listen and learn. And when your body is, you know, rolling around on the carpet, they can't, they can't hear or see. So I like to give them those whys because sometimes it's like, oh, well, I didn't even realize that, right? Because they're such new humans. But that is a do that I feel like is extremely important that will take your circle time a long way. Okay, next up is a don't. Don't forget about movement. So along those lines of sitting choices, we know young children aren't built to sit very long. And some of them may have that stamina built up more than others. So it's important that we just go ahead and plan for breaking up our circle time with a movement song or yoga or something to get them moving. Um, We just keep hearing more and more research how it's connected to the brain and activates the brain. So obviously it is zero time wasted. It is obviously for the greater good of all of us to get up and move. So go ahead and build that in. Don't just wait and go, oh man, we should have done a movement activity. Just go ahead and plan ahead. Because then once they've done that movement activity, you can go on a little bit longer with what you're wanting to do. All right, let's go on to another do. 
do change the length of your circle time throughout the year. Here's what I mean by that. At the beginning of the year, we know that attention spans, (laughs) oh my, they're extremely short, especially if they've never been in the classroom before. This is something they have to build. This is something they have to learn. And so as our children build up stamina to sit longer, to stay engaged for longer, we can account for this difference in time. And so just be aware, like just because I may have scheduled this 15 minute block for circle time, the beginning of the year, I'm not going to reach that 15 minutes, nor should I. And so it's scaling it back at the beginning of the year and slowly getting larger timeframes throughout the year. And I really have noticed that this happens very naturally. I just, you know, it's like I look up at the clock and we've all been so engaged in activity that it's like, oh, these circle times are getting longer and longer. And so that's kind of when you know is is when you've been so engaged with the children that you don't even realize how long it's been. And then you're like, wow, um, we've even had times where like, I'll look up 20 minutes later. And I'm like, how did we do that? Must have been, you know, incredibly engaging activity. But um, we see that growth throughout the year. And and we need, we want that growth, but we have to expect that we are not going to have that same time frame throughout the whole year and not beat ourselves up on not doing enough or not getting to the end of circle time, because really we need to make sure that what we're doing is um, actually worth it, right? So if your circle time doesn't feel worth it, think about how long you're doing it for right now. All right, let's do another don't. Don't always stick to the script. So give yourself a little bit of grace. We work with, in my opinion, some irrational humans sometimes. And we work with some very excitable humans sometimes. That's what makes them so fun. But sometimes that's just the way your day rolls. And we have to ditch that normal circle time, stop early, whatever it may be, do more movement, ditch the activity, because we work with a group of children and they're young and we don't ever quite know what they're going to throw at us that day. And so I I want you to give yourself some grace that you don't always have to stick to the script. Just because it's on the lesson plan and you really want to do it doesn't always mean it gets done because our children are human as well. And so give yourself that grace to not always stick to the script and maybe sometimes go off. And you know, also, maybe they're going off on something different that excites them and we want to follow them down that path and ditch what we've what we've got planned. And that is even more meaningful, oh my goodness, than anything we probably could have planned. So don't always feel like you have to stick to the script. Okay, another do. This is our last do. Consider bringing classroom jobs into your circle time. This is something that I had done a very long time ago, and I absolutely love it, and I think it works fantastically. So allow your littles to have a little responsibility within the circle time routine because this creates even more engagement. This creates even more excitement and purpose, and they buy into it even more because you know what? This, it includes them. If they have a job, it is about them. So let me give you some examples of how we do this. We have different jobs throughout the day. Some of them, they go into circle time and they do their job during circle time. Others are just a daily job. 
So some of our daily jobs might be, you know, the the line leader, the caboose, the light helper, um, help with the recess backpack, all these different types of things. But then we also have some that feed directly into circle time. And some of those that we keep around the whole entire year include the greeter, the well-wisher, weather, and calendar. And so my greeter comes in and they have a little apron on and it has choices of how the kids would like to be greeted. And so they go from one child to another while I sing the good morning song and each child gets to pick how they would like to be greeted by that child that morning. Um, We do this because I want them to feel included. I want them to get to know each other. I want them to um, just start their day off knowing that we are a class community. Then we also have a well-wisher. And this person has a wand that I created just out of a dowel rod and an eye hook and some ribbon. And they get to wish everyone a great day. And we get silly with this sometimes. If it's Halloween, we wish them a spooky day or a beautiful day. And it's just a way, and we we name them, we, we name each child. So it would be, good morning, Sam. Good morning, Allie. Good morning, E. We make sure that they are saying their name, they hear their name, they know that they're important to our day. And while this does not take much time at all, I love the idea of students saying each other's names, hearing each other's names, and feeling included as a whole class. No one's left out. Another one we do all the time is weather. So they check the weather and then they fill in the weather on the chart. So we watch the chart and once one type of weather wins, you know, we get to start a new chart, but the chart is nice too, because we get to see um, more or less, which has more, which has less, how many more till this one gets, is the winner, all these different types of math skills are in there. And so the weather helper goes and looks at the weather and then fills in the square on the weather chart. And then I also like to bring in, oh, yeah, sorry. One more thing, calendar. We do this every day and a new calendar helper. So they get to use the pointer and they point with one-to-one correspondence on the calendar. And then when they get to the end of that calendar week, they have to return sweep. This is something that's very hard for children. So I'm usually right there for them. But that return sweep is extremely important for learning how to read. We want this to be a natural motion by the time they leave us so that there's no bones about how we would go about reading a text. So um, we do that together in our cards also pattern. So not only are we counting with one-on-one correspondence, saying the numbers out loud, we are also patterning as well. So those are the ones that we keep in there for core. Those are our non-negotiables. We do them every time, familiar type things that we do. Then we move to adding in maybe the survey taker or the news reporter. So I will pull something out of my job chart and add something new. So I talked about, you know, the news reporter before. Um, The survey taker is an option too, where I have surveys and before circle time, their job is to go around and ask the question of the day. And they have a little clipboard and um, they record that on there. And then during circle time, they present their results to us. So They are getting the chance to stand in front of everyone, be that presenter, obviously with me helping. And then we get to compare and contrast on the graph. And then I use that survey, uh, the actual paper, and I put them all in a book for them to read in the library, but I put their name on it so they know which survey was theirs. We do this till every child has had a turn. 
and then we can move to a different job. And so I'll take the survey taker job out and I'll put a different one in. So those are some of the ideas that we use classroom jobs, but I found that it really helps them in becoming more interested, more engaged because they are such an integral part of it. Okay, the last one on our list is a don't. Don't assume your children know your expectations for circle time. We talked about this a little bit already, but teach, 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 remind, remind, remind. Because just because we have said it and we know our expectations doesn't mean that it has gotten through. And trust me when I tell you, it works so well because it's already fresh in their mind. Oh yeah, she expects me to sit like this. Because children... When we don't express what we expect out of them, they don't always know. And so if we are clear cut and before we even start saying, remember, you can sit like this, this, or this, what is your choice today? Then it is already front of mind that this is what is expected out of them. So just remember that they are little, they are new to this and give them a little grace and just go ahead and build in that on your lesson, like even if you want to put it on your lesson plan for a circle time, remind of expectations. It takes such a short time, but has such a big impact. Okay, let's go ahead and review our do's and don'ts real fast. So do have some consistent activities during circle time. Create that familiar, oh, I love circle time type of feeling. Don't let your circle time get stale though by not bringing anything new in. Also, create sitting choices and boundaries. Allow children to have choices on how they sit, knowing that you still are expecting them to sit. Also, don't forget about the movement. Get them up and moving. Make sure that we, you know, account for their busy little bodies. Do change the length of your circle time throughout the year because our children and their attention spans change throughout the year as well. Don't always feel like you have to stick to the script. Sometimes it's just better to scrap it and move on if it's not working because it's not beneficial to anyone just to make it through the lesson. Do consider bringing class jobs into your circle time to really create that sense of value and meaning among the children that you are important and you are part of this class and we can't do this without you. And last, don't assume that children know your expectations for circle time. Just teach, 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 remind, remind, remind. (laughs) So if you want to learn more about circle time in preschool, head on over to the show notes. I've got some links in there for resources relating to circle time. There's more information there about jobs and all the things I talked about today. So you can go there. You can find all that by going to lovelycommotion.com slash episode two. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.